everyone. My name is Tabitha Davis. I'm a civil engineer, a longtime volunteer with the nonprofit Engineers Without Borders, and the host of this podcast. Here's what you can expect today on Calculated Change. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I used to have in my bio, and it said, showing the Latinas can engineer one pink post at a time. So most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be pink. <laughs> Today on Calculated Change, I interviewed Diana Iracheta, better known as the Latina Engineer. Diana is a mechanical engineer that has created the platform Latina Engineers to connect and normalize Latinas in the engineering workspace. According to her website, Latinas represent only 2% of the number of people employed in STEM and engineering. She hopes to use her platform Latina Engineer to increase representation in these STEM fields. Here is my interview with Diana. So excited to connect with you, Diana, because you um, are such an impressionable person. I started following you on Instagram and you have just this beautiful aesthetic that you've created and a brand that is just really powerful. But even connecting with you to set up this interview, I was so impressed with how professional and organized you are. So I'm just excited to be able to help share your story and, and hopefully get some more people uh, to know who you are and, and the work that you do. So thank you for joining me. This is a, a Coffee with Engineers uh, episode. Do you have a coffee with you? I did not. <laughs> I was trying to rush here to get here. I forgot. Oh, I, no worries. <laughs> do you have like a, if you go to a coffee shop or a cafe, do you have a go-to coffee order? I really like uh, white chocolate mocha from uh, Starbucks. Uh, so that's what I get most of the time. Uh, and I have to do it decaf if it's really early in the morning, because if not, I get sick. <laughs> That's great. I got, um, I have a miel. It's like a latte with cinnamon and honey. And that's my sweet spot drink. That's my fave. <laughs> great. Well, happy engineers week. Also, it's the end of what seemed to be a really eventful week for you. I saw you were really active on Instagram posting and, and promoting different events. What did engineers week look for you? I'm sure it's still probably crazy as it's wrapping up, but yeah, the thing I like about this type of days, and especially this one is a whole week, it's the empowerment that you feel throughout the week. And, you know, just the positive vibes from everyone, everybody posting, commenting, and it just makes, you know, your day or your week just happy. Uh, to me, it was uh, some posting, you know, things that, you know, I wanted to celebrate. I always make, you know, your post where it literally just says happy, whatever day, happy engineers week. Uh, and then I had a couple of friends that were doing reels. Uh, to show the woman in engineering what it, what we do at work or like what type of engineering we do. So collaborations as well, uh, that was part of it. And then just a couple, like I had a, it was kind of like a panel last night that it was for San Diego engineers. And, you know, we were there just kind of to answer questions. And, you know, this type of things is just so we can connect and we can have that network of engineers. That's awesome. You could, I did also just feel that like energy. It just kind of permeates the whole week and and reminds you why you do what you do and gives you that that extra yeah joy in the work that you do yeah for the beginning could you give a quick overview of latina engineer yes so latina engineer has only been around for about a year and four months 
uh, and it came out of more like my experience when I was in college versus when I went to started working. Uh, how in college I felt, you know, we were not a lot of Latinas. I didn't have like woman friends that in, in engineering that I could connect with. And then just feeling like left out in school. And then when I joined working, it was more like, you know, they were welcoming, they wanted to help me and I could be myself finally when I felt I couldn't be in school. Uh, so that's why I started, you know, writing blogs. And then from there, I opened my Instagram. I connected with other Latinas, like immediately, you know, they found me just through the hashtags. And that was when I, you know, I found out like, this is the reason, like, I want to connect with other Latinas. I want us to have this network that we can't find in school, in the classroom, because we're very few. We can do it on Instagram. We can do it in social media. We can have those like different stages. Some are professional, some are students. And we can ask the questions, you know, that sometimes we might not have someone in the family that's in engineering or in STEM, or we might be first generation students. We can have those resources now, someone that can answer those questions that, or has gone through there. And overall, it's just, you know, a way that I've been able to create anything that can help other women or any minority in engineering in general. I know the name is Latina Engineer, but all of these things, obviously, honestly, um, you can, anyone can relate to it. Anyone that's going through college can use them. Um, so that's, I've always been very open about that. The International Latina Engineer Week, uh, it's called Latina, but, you know, it was open to anyone who wanted to, to join. And we didn't have only Latinas in engineering. So that was great. Uh, and then just learning as I go, what, what helped us uh, grow together uh, you know, I I started doing YouTube videos, which is something that, that I would never do. Uh, the conference that came out of nowhere. Uh, and then uh, scholarships as well, because I got a lot of scholarships when I was in school. I wanted to eventually get back to the community. I was able to create two last year. And it's something that I've been, I want to keep uh, increasing. Wow. Okay. So you you have a scholarship program that you you give scholarships? Uh, last year, it was kind of unofficial. It was more like a GoFundMe. And then from there, we split the money in half. We created two $1,000 scholarships. But I just started, uh, I'm still waiting on paperwork, but like I started a nonprofit to be partnered up with Latina Engineer. Uh, and that's what's going to let me give official, you know, scholarships, a scholarship program. We can get donations, like official donations for the scholarships. And we can either make more scholarships available or, you know, increase the amount of a scholarship. Wow, that's so incredible. And the work that you do is is just amazing because it is relatable for anybody in an underrepresented community as a female engineer. Uh, on your website, it says 13% of engineers are female, but 2% are Latina. So you also identify this smaller area of underrepresented people that that you identify with. And I think that's incredible. And you're able to help represent your full story. So maybe we can get into your story a little bit. Um, my understanding is you've spent about half of your life in Mexico and the other half in the United States. Can you talk about your journey a little bit? Yeah, I was born in Monterrey, Mexico. It's really close to the U.S. It's like two hours driving for, uh, to the border of the U.S. Uh, so I was born there. I grew up until I was 12 years old. Both my parents are in STEM. My dad's an engineer, so my dad, uh, in his job, he eventually got a position that, you know, had give, gave him the opportunity to move to the U.S. and bring his family along with. Um, it was a change, even though in Monterrey we have very similar type of living to the U.S. just because we're so close. Uh, it was still, I didn't know the language. 
Um, so it was it was quite a challenge. We didn't have any family here. It was only us five, and you know that was it. Uh, and only my dad knew English, so he had to help all of us. So it was it was a big a big change. Uh, I think it was it was hard on me the first few years. You know, what, try, trying to fit in, feeling like you know I had friends because you know kids that are twelve, thirteen, and they see you and you don't like your English is like maybe I don't want to call it broken, but like uh. It's not, you know, 100%, you're not as fast. They they start being mean. Like, they, they have no filter at that age. So it was that challenge. And then at the same time, having the values that my parents raised me with that, you know, you could do, I could do anything I wanted. Uh, if I wanted something, I had to give it everything I had. So I had to put that in front of everything else, every counselor that would tell me that I couldn't be a good student or like why I was here. So there was a mix. There was a lot of people that were really supportive. And those were the ones that pushed me out of the bilingual classes. Like you're ready to go into regular classes uh, that helped me with scholarships and things like that. And then there were other people that would tell me, you know, like you're not going to be a good student or like catalog me based on where I was coming from, what my English was, you know, what I looked like. Um, so it was that like, uh you get you get everything um but it also I guess helped me that when I chose engineering you know I wasn't I was already used to not being like you know being like looking like everyone or being the same as everyone so I think that helped me it still felt quite challenging you know you have that like are they not talking to me because I'm a woman or are they not talking to me just because we're all shy because we're engineers um but internally, you have that, you know, imposter syndrome, like, I don't belong here. Why am I here? Uh, and, you know, engineering was a whole another step with English. You know, you know your English that you learn when you're 12 years old. But then there's another, like, an immense world of words in English that you have no idea what they mean. <laughs> so that was also, like, continuous learning. But once I, I started finishing my, my education and I started working, you know, my dad was told something that stuck with me a lot. Like he was trying to get rid of his accent in English and his work, which is the same company uh, that I'm working at right now. They told him not, to not lose the accent because he showed him that he was smarter because he knew both languages. Um, and there was nothing wrong with it because everybody was able to understand him. So that stuck with me that to be proud of my accent. And it made me, you know, regain that love for where I come from, from my culture and that's that is why now you know I'm like I'm a Latina engineer because yeah I'm here you know I I'm half American half Mexican now because my life has been split in two um, but I am proud of like where I originally came from and I'm no longer ashamed or like trying to fit in with everyone I'm trying to embrace who I am. That's beautiful. I love the like what your your dad said about embracing who you are and how you speak and and. It's so impressive that you can engineer professionally in a language that you had to learn in your early teens. And you're you're so and now you're sharing your stories on podcasts all over the place in, <laughs> in your second language, which is incredible. I speak a little Spanish and have tried so hard to get past a little barrier barrier of like fluency. But it's, I don't know, I get so in my head of uh, being embarrassed or ashamed uh, of how bad my Spanish is. So I just, I know how difficult it is for an adult to learn another language. So I'm so impressed. Um, I'm assuming that at work, you still operate primarily in English. Um, but at home, do you still have mostly, speak mostly Spanish with your family? How does that work? Actually, at work, I speak about half of it in Spanish. Like, <laughs> uh, So all the engineers, all of them only, most of them, you know, English is or 
for main language because we have people from everywhere. Uh, but Latinos were only two. Uh, but you know English. But as far as other people in the office, uh, my closest friends from the you know the office they are they're Hispanic. So we throw in a lot of Spanish. And the operators, since I'm a manufacturing engineer, uh, when we're on the production floor and I'm doing either training or I'm writing the procedures, I'm either training in Spanish or they ask me in Spanish and I answer in Spanish. So when I go on the production floor, like 80% of what I speak is Spanish. Um, and I actually started implementing that some of the work instructions to put like a Spanish version. Like I, there were a few that I took the time to translate them because I knew that if I was not there, they were going to see the, the paper in English. They're not going to read it. Like I wanted them to have that information available in a language that they could understand. Uh, and at home, it's 100% Spanish with my mom and uh, my siblings. With my husband now, he's, uh, he's also uh, Hispanic, but uh, he's not from Mexico, but he still has really fluent uh spanish so we do like one and one like literally it's one word in english one spanish one in english one spanish we have this whole like mixture that we're able to understand 100 percent because we both you know moved here when we were younger and have both languages really like in us what i really love about what you just said is is that your your culture and the fact that you do represent a a population that's underrepresented makes you such an asset in the work that you do. You just mentioned how your fluency in two different languages has impacted your work in such a positive way. And that's such a cool, I mean, we talk all, all the time about the barriers that our identity can lead to, but it's so cool to hear one of the things that makes you better, like more equipped to, to do the job. That's, that's really incredible. Um, could you talk a little bit about your work? Yeah. Uh, so I work, I'm a manufacturing engineer, but I still do a little bit of mechanical and mechanical engineering is my background. Uh, so we manufacture bus bars and cables and bus bars are just power distribution devices. So um, they're multiple layers of metal and they have like inputs and outputs. Uh, they go on airplanes, cars, uh, submarines, you know. So a lot of the products that we do are, you know, half military, half commercial. Uh, so it's super interesting, you know, we have that. Uh, and then I, as a manufacturing engineer, we do so many custom um, products for companies that we're always reviewing new products, whether we can do them, what equipment we need. So it's a lot of, you know, figuring out how to do, you know, what we're asked to be do, done. Uh, and then once we do that, you know, we have work instructions to write, train our creators to, you know, follow the new process that we're implementing, continuous improvement on whatever we have already. And when something new actually gets to the production floor, if it doesn't go as planned, which most of the time, you know, it doesn't, uh, we're the ones that have to be there and we have to figure out how it works. So I like that last part because it's a lot of, you know, you weren't expecting it and you have to come up with a solution now. So it's a lot of like problem solving, critical thinking, like what do you do now and fast. Uh, so that's super fun. It keeps it super interesting all the time. And how long have you been working there? It's over two years. I started working before I finished my my degree. I started working uh, a little bit over more than like part time, uh, and then I transitioned as well as I graduated. It converted into a full time engineering position. I did my I did two internships in the company. The, the last one in the division that I'm working at, and when I went back to school, that's when they they called me. And they're like, "You want to come back as a full time engineer? While you finish, you can do like as an internship, and as soon as you're done." you can have that position already. But, you know, I was doing those um, those tasks from my real job already 
as an intern, I was already getting like thrown in there, which was super cool. It gives you a lot of confidence to finish your degree, knowing that you have that already going on. I think internships are so important. That's something I didn't do in my undergrad, but I feel like that would have really helped me identify which parts of the engineering world I want to work in because engineering is such a diverse field of work. I'm a civil engineer and that has so many different facets, but so does mechanical. When you were studying mechanical engineering, did you pick a specific track? I did not. I I didn't. We did have three uh, where I was going to, but I didn't really find one that interested me more than the other. So I'd rather stay more like general mechanical engineering and then, you know, figure out with your internships, with your experience, with uh, research, what was it that, that I wanted to do. Uh, but I just love the the rest of the, the other options that it gave you. You know, you could talk so many different jobs. You could emphasize on so many things once you were done with school. That's awesome. And you also have a different kind of unconventional educational path in your secondary education because you started at a a tech school, I believe, and then went to college. Could you talk a little bit about your uh, educational journey after high school? Yeah. So I started in a community college uh, and that was, you know, close to home. I got a scholarship that covered those two years that I was there. So it was like a no brainer. Like, you know, I'm going to get the same education and I'm not going to pay anything. Like, let's go for it. Uh, I was able to take all my genets, all my math, uh, the four classes that I had to take in math, uh, my physics one and two, chemistry, biology. So all the genets I was able to get out of the way. Um, And then after that, I transferred to a four year university. So I did get an associate's when I finished my community college experience, but then I went into a four year university. And that's when I started going into all engineering classes because I was done with everything else. So it was a big shock from, you know, it was a challenge from high school to community college. You know, I went into classes that sometimes they were for second year students and I was like a freshman, like, okay. Uh, But then once I went from community college to four year university and it was full on engineering courses, it was, it was a struggle the first semester, like, you know, trying to like get used to everything. Um, But, you know, I... It, it was, it was, I liked it. Uh, once I got to the four year, I took three years instead of the two that I had planned left. And usually engineering, you know, it takes longer than what we think it does. And so like, I never feel like, oh, you know, I took forever. Uh, but it was definitely a learning, a learning curve going from one to a, to the other. Um, and, you know, yeah. And you mentioned that Latina Engineer has um, is rolling out a scholarship um, program. Uh, and you also mentioned that you had scholarships. How did scholarships shape your educational journey? Because it sounds like that was a big incentive for going to the community college first and then four year. Yeah, uh, I got that scholarship before I graduated high school. Uh, it was like a it was like a scholarship that worked with the high school. So that community college gave that same scholarship to three or four students for high school around the area. Uh, I, I was fortunate to receive it. And that's when I tell you, you know, I had people that were really wanting to help me. My counselor nominated me for that. You know, I had to go through interviews and whatnot. And I was able to receive that. Uh, and, you know, being an immigrant, my parents didn't have, you know, that budget, that big budget for you to go or savings to go for me to go into a college. Um, that was going to cost, you know, cost thousands and thousands of dollars. So for me, that was just, it was very clear, you know, that's where I'm going to start. I still didn't know I was going to do engineering then. So it was also perfect because the first year I already knew was something in STEM, 
but it gave me the opportunity to to pick exactly what I wanted. I also joined or I was elected for a it was a STEM scholarship. Uh, it was funded by the National Science Foundation. Uh, and that one, it was just more than a scholarship. It was like it came with mentorship and we have a group of all the scholars and all the professors in STEM from that community college. You know, we had monthly meetings. I had my mentorship and I was partner up with a, a female professor in physics. So that was super helpful, super inspiring, you know, seeing uh, she was also an immigrant, a woman of color. So, I, you know, having that role model so early on, you know, show me that I could have a career in STEM and I could be successful and have a family. Uh, same thing happened when I was in a four-year university. I had that same, you know, very similar role model also, you know, inspiring me to keep going. Uh, so that that second scholarship also was super helpful because it was more than than just, you know, money for your school. It was that mentorship, that network uh, of people in STEM. And then when I got to a four-year university, that's when, you know, the big payments started. But, you know, I was looking for how to help my parents to pay for school because they were the ones that helped me pay for school. Uh, so I was looking for what scholarships I could get. The school also, most of the school gave me some uh, and community. I was involved in the community. I was in a scholarship pageant. And, you know, my big uh, theme was, you know, women in engineering, Latinas in engineering and STEM. Uh, and I was fortunate to receive that scholarship as well. And that one brought a lot of, you know, my Hispanic heritage because it was for the month of September, you know, Fiestas Patrias, uh, Mexican independence. So I was able to combine the STEM, my culture, and then also getting, you know, a scholarship for school. Uh, so it was super, super fun, that one. I think uh, it was when I started to push towards we can wear heels, we can be in a pageant, we can be feminine, and we can be in engineering. So sometimes I had events where I went to classes in the morning, I had to stop by a friend's apartment, change really quick, like put a dress on in heels, head out back to like uh, where my parents live and go to whatever event I had to go and put a crown on. And it's like, this is interesting. <laughs> That's great. And that leads right into what I really want to talk to you about, which is your work with Latina Engineer. And I really want to break down the different parts of, of Latina Engineer that you've developed and worked on. And I want to start with your Instagram because you have this very specific aesthetic. If somebody's listening, uh, they should follow you on, on Instagram. I'll link it in the show notes. But if they haven't followed you on Instagram, could you describe the color scheme, your aesthetic that you have on Instagram, if somebody is just listening to this and hasn't seen it? Uh, I'm going to tell you what I used to have in my bio, and it said, showing the Latinas can engineer one pink post at a time. So most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be pink. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, uh, you know, when I was in college, I was in, like, I was girly, but I tried not to show it as much because I wanted to fit in. Once I finished school, I was able to, you know, wear heels to work and like, it was fine. I could be me. Uh, so it was more to like push that, that uh, meaning that we can do pink, we can do uh, girly, we can be feminine. And that doesn't make us less of engineers. So it doesn't mean that everybody that follows me or everybody that, you know, wants to support me has to love pink or has to be this girly feminine engineer. But it's just like a way that I was able to bring across, you know, we can be whatever we want. And for this account, we're going to be pink. I love that. And for me, that's kind of you had talked about how your dad um, mentioned not assimilating his accent to appear 
one way or fit into someone else's idea of what he should look like. And I think you're embracing the pink, the glitter is your way of not assimilating to what someone's idea of a mechanical engineer looks like. And I love, I just love it. I'm not a super pink glittery person, but you also, you had on a post a couple weeks ago that 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 doesn't need to be someone's idea of femininity, that that's yours and how you express yourself and embrace your, your identity, but that doesn't have to be someone else's. Um, we, it's just the idea of embracing who you are and not trying to fit into someone else's ideas. And I love that. Um, so your Instagram must have grown crazy over the past year. You said you started uh, Latina Engineer about a year ago or a little over a year ago, and you have over 8,000 followers. I, the last time I checked, it might be even more than that. That's crazy. How how have you seen that grow? And what's that? what does that mean to you? A lot because a year and a half ago, I knew maybe four Latinas in engineering. And like maybe there were students at the same time that I was, but you know, running into a female Latina engineer that had her career, like she was maybe like five, 10 years into her career. There was just, you know, there was no one accessible to know. And, you know, joining this community, it was more like, it has changed my life because I've been able to meet so many Latinas in engineering, so many women uh, with experiences and all this knowledge. And, you know, they push you and they empower you to like doing better things. Uh, but also all these other uh, women that are in it too, that they can, how to provide something, how to connect them. Like I said at the beginning, you know, questions that sometimes we don't have persons, people to ask to that we're there. And, you know, I was trying to bring that community, like have, making us connect, like actually be active and connecting so that we can have those relationships and those connections. And so we talked about your Instagram a little bit. Now, can we talk about your blog? Is that how you, how did Latina Engineer start, I guess? Is that how it started and kind of morphed into this bigger org? Yes, uh, it started on my personal Facebook page, honestly. I posted one of the stories, the first story that was, you know, I was wearing a pink fluffy jacket at work. Uh, it was really free <laughs> and uh, I had to I had some pieces for a machine that had just arrived and I went and I took the machine apart installed them put it back together and nobody told me anything they were used to me working there and doing whatever another engineer would do uh, and it really stuck with me like hey everybody like nobody cares that I look different everybody's like willing to like instead of telling me like I'll do it for you they like teach me how or they help me or something um so I share that on my personal Facebook and I got positive feedback. So I was like, maybe I can get somewhere with this. Maybe it could be a book or something. Some of my friends were uh, at that time working on a book um, that was unrelated. But, you know, I was like, maybe it could be a book. So I went and I opened a website and I made it a blog and I started posting these stories. And from posting that, you know, it was such a, I would get so nervous like my, you know my English is not going to be the best it's not going to have the perfect grammar but we'll get somewhere we'll see what it takes us and then I decided to open an Instagram account and for, I'm telling you from the very first few posts some of the girls in engineering were already like hey I'm a Latina engineer I'm like how awesome is this um, and that's literally has been growing you know us running bumping into each other and then from there uh, I made a sweater that had the logo of my blog and, you know, it was just for me to be happy about it, to feel, you know, empowered. I was doing something and I started getting asked if I sold the stickers or I sold the sweaters. 
and that's literally what pushed me to open a store more that people were asking me about it rather than me like you know trying to sell them I always say that you know selling people and like being you know really out there and then yeah and then the YouTube channel also just you know why not like let's try it it's something that I thought I would never do you know I hated being in front of a camera it was the worst and I was just like oh whatever one minute before I'll just sit and like it'll be fine <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's just things that, you know, you think you're never going to do, but it's with a mission that, you know, inspires me so much that I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's try it out. The worst thing that can happen is you like, it just doesn't do good or you whatever. And just seeing how many people I've been able to reach is it's impressing it to think about it, that it's only one year over one year. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You've obviously filled a huge need in the world because so many people have wanted this connection and you've created that like you said in your early education having a mentor that represented someone that looked like you was so important to your your career path and now you're able to be that person and connect those people and that's so incredible um i feel like the last big chunk of latina engineer is the the latina engineer inter- the conference? What's it called? Could you tell me the name of the conference um, and what Uh, it is? It's International Latina Engineer Week. (laughs) And it came from, you know, my name on my account and everything. The organization is Latina Engineer. But by no means does that mean that I represent or I do or every every other Latina is going to do what I do or went through the same journey as I did. So I wanted to showcase all the other Latinas that were in engineering. And, you know, I had already like a pretty decent, really big audience. I think we were like 5,000 back then. And, you know, I was like, let me see your faces and show me your pictures, send them to me. I'm, I want to share them during that week. And I started as a national thing. I called it like National Latina Engineer Week and I put it on my calendar and people started making hashtags out of it and like telling me, you know, what's coming that week and sending me up. I got to a point where I was like, I have too many pictures. Like, what am I going to do? So I was like, well, we're going to have to make it, you know, something, you know, official. So I made it international because I had girls in Mexico. I had girls in the UK. I had like, they were everywhere. And uh, I started reaching out. I have a really close uh, circle with other Latinas that we're creators in Instagram. And I reached out to them and I told them, like, you guys want to be speakers? You want to host a live session, do a takeover? And they were all so excited about it. They were all like, yes. So uh, we split. Each one took like a day or they were in the conference. We did a a conference on the last day and everything was just public. It was on Instagram. It was on YouTube Live, the last event. And everything was free. Um, Just wanted to, you know, make this event for all of them. And that's what we went by. We just kind of, whatever we were able to come up with that in that week, we put it for the next week. It was so exhausting, but it was so, so amazing to be able to put that on the first one, two days. I was just like, I'm tired. Like, can we be done with this? Um, but I was super happy. It was it was a lot of planning. Uh, and everybody seemed to enjoy it, to feel empowered. And, you know, the topics that we cover were, again, oh, they could help anyone. You know, it was mental health. Uh, how to find a job, uh, how to grow professionally. So there was definitely nothing that like, it was geared to Latinas, but it wasn't specific or just exclusive to Latinas. And I was super happy when I would find out where people were like uh, tuning in from. Like some people were like, you know, I stayed up at two in the morning just so I could watch this. I'm like, that means so much to me. Um, And we also had groups. So I split the girls on the people in groups. 
uh, depending on what type of engineers they were, was 10 to 30 girls per group. Each group had a mentor or like a girl that was in mostly professional. We had, did have some that were students that were kind of the ones that kept the conversation going or answer any questions on that specific engineering type. Uh, so that was super great because we were able to connect them in a smaller scale. We had about 350 girls register. Uh, and so we're hoping to do that again uh, this year and every year. Uh, so I already started, you know, planning everything. We weren't even done that week. And I was like, next year we're going to do this and we're going to do that. I'm like, I'm ready. So right now I am about to go over the applications for the girls that are going to be in the comedy helping me plan this. Uh, I found out I couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> and we're going to spend this whole eight months planning everything uh, and mostly, you know, asking what girls want to see what's going to help them because that's what it is for and always trying to keep it you know super accessible to everyone um, to have these resources that can help them. That's incredible and like I said at the beginning I was so impressed by how organized and professional you are. That's so much work. All of those different platforms that you manage and and all of the people you connect and responding to to all of the people, you do so much for other people. How do you balance all of that and your own health and, and well-being? I still feel like I'm always running around everywhere, but I had to learn, you know, it's something I enjoy doing. So I can be working on it all day long until I started getting from my family. Like, you need to give us attention or my husband, like, hey, this is all you do. So learning, you know, that it's something that I love that I could be working on all day, but also, you know, creating a balance. So I have specific days when I'm like, I can do events or, you know, for example, podcasts or uh, any of the other collaboration specific days of the week or specific times. You know, I have my full time job, so it's everything that I can fit when I'm not working. Um, and yeah, just. I honestly don't even know because like, I have my Google calendar and it just tells me where I have to be and when I have to be. And then other than that, it's just trying to, I guess, plan as much. I started planning one month ahead, uh, which I'm still trying to like stick to it. Uh, that has helped me out a lot because sometimes I was used to stress. And there are moments where I have to take a whole week off and like be like, I need some rest or we're moving into our new house uh, next month, uh, the middle of next month. And I have to block off like those three weeks because I needed to focus on my house and moving and painting and everything. So it hurts me because I want to be doing things. I want to be on Instagram. I want to be posting. But I also know that, you know, I have these other things that also excite me and I have to put limits where I can if I don't like saying like, no, I can't do it or I'm busy or I'm sorry, but I'm booked like a month ahead, but it's something that I, I have to do or I go crazy, you know, I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine, but being organized, setting those boundaries and just acknowledging when you, when you need to take a break is so important. And that's, that's amazing. And you, like I said, do so much for other people which is so incredible. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned throughout this process? I mean, I'm sure you didn't have, I, you're a graphic designer, a YouTube director, you're, you're filling all of these roles that you have not, didn't have a, a background or training in. How did you learn all these things? And what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned throughout this journey? Uh, everything was just you know google it youtube it and i have so many like random information that is super useful for what it is 
but it makes no sense to other like for example instagram you ask me and i can tell you about hashtags i can tell you about times of posting audiences and that and you know if you're not into the world of creating on instagram all those things kind of like they just don't mean anything uh youtube as well uh, making the non-profit uh being into engineering motivation is a it's a big thing you know we most of the times we don't feel we have imposter syndrome we don't feel like we belong in this in this field so you know always pushing to be to saying like we belong here we're meant to do here if you like if you have that passion for engineering go for it no matter what other people tell you uh, can you repeat to me the other part of the question I know I wanted to answer it but I can't remember it <laughs> um lessons learned and some of the big things like yeah like some of the big takeaways you've gotten out of this Okay, definitely uh, doing things that scare you and knowing that it's okay, you know, throwing yourself into new things, always learning something new. Um, you know, that's the biggest quote I always bring up, I feel the fear and do it anyways. You know, when I started a blog, I did, I, I felt so scared of what people were going to say. And, you know, it grew. Uh, Instagram as well. YouTube was the biggest because I like it. So I hated being in front of a camera. And now I'm used to it. Uh, and it has brought everything that I've done that I'm scared of, but that I, I know it aligns to my goal at the end of the day, has brought good things. So not letting that fear like, get to you, you know, knowing that it's okay, that you can feel it. But if you know at the end of the day, it's going to be for something good, go for it. Throw yourself out there. And do you have a specific story of one connection you've made through all of this or connections that have happened on your platform that have really been inspiring to you or helped you in your journey or someone else in their journey? Do you have, oh, good, like, this is what I do this for moment? Uh, the messages that I get every now and then, you know, from, if I don't like calling followers, but like other women in engineering uh, that tell me, you know, maybe they're students and they're like, hey, your post really pushed me to, you know, keep going to it. I like doing what I do. Uh, they're super motivating. And that just fills my heart with joy because this is what I, I do. It is not for me. It's not for people to know me. It's for me to give back somehow. And uh, yeah. And then other things is, for example, the close group of friends that I develop on Instagram that are Latinas in engineering, they're all over the country, but we just talk so often so much that we feel like, you know, we've known each other for a while. And that has definitely changed my life because they push me to do better things. Like I have some friends that are going for the master's, some are doing the PhDs, some have this much experience at work and just seeing them, you know, makes me believe that I can do it as well and pushes me to, to wanna try harder. Well, as a woman in engineering, I've been so inspired by your platform. So thank you so much for the work that you do. You put so much effort into it and it's so evident. So thank you so much. If our listeners want to support your work, what is like one or a few tangible things they could do to help normalize ingenieras? <laughs> if you are a man in engineering, a student or professional, uh, making us feel more welcome because that was the biggest thing for me in school you know uh just saying hi you know if we have a group chat invite the girl into the group chat sometimes we get left out of all these things uh just so like we feel like you know we're part of us and like i'm telling you a lot of times it's not because they don't want us there it's just you know we just were shy with each other like i didn't reach out to anyone when i was in school so that makes a big difference in a girl's journey through engineering um, and then uh, as far as what I do, you know, just uh, supporting what I do, seeing it, uh, comments and whatever, 
uh, I have the website, the Instagram, the YouTube, uh, and I'm always you know looking for what what people uh, can benefit from what they want to see. That's fantastic. Yes, and your Etsy shop. And uh, is there a platform to donate for this scholarship yet, or is that still in in the works? It is still in the works. Uh, I do have a newsletter that you can register for. Uh, it's on my website, latinaengineer.com. Uh, and I'm hoping to open that soon, like the next month. I'm just waiting for the final paperwork to, for the nonprofit to have that, you know, uh, uh, official way to get these um, donations through a, a nonprofit. So I'm hoping to open that soon. Uh, if you want to hear about it as soon as I open, then I do this monthly newsletter. I literally send only one email a month and I just kind of cover the main things. You know, if there's an event, there's a conference, if there are applications or something, that's where I include everything. I That's all of the questions I had for you, but I do want, I always want to leave time at the end in case someone has anything else they want to add to the to their story. If you're a woman in engineering or that is looking into going into engineering, you know, uh, just focusing on your goals, on your dreams, on what inspires you, that's going to get you to make the life that you want, the career that you want. Because at the end of the day, no matter if someone tells you you can't do it, you don't look like it, you don't belong here, uh, it's, at the end of the day, it's going to be your life, it's going to be your career, and you have to make sure you build something that you enjoy and you're going to be happy with. Yeah, yeah. And I think an overall message of the work that you do is you do belong here. You know, I think a lot of times when you don't see people that look like you in a field, uh, you just get that in the back of your mind, like, I don't belong here. I can't ask questions or or figure things out because I should know this already because I have to prove that I do belong here. But what you do is you create a space that shows so many people that they do belong in this field. So that's that's incredible. The work that you do is so amazing. So thank you again so much for all of that. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media, email us if you have any guest recommendations or comments on the show, and check out our new website where we have all of our other episodes linked. And remember, each of us can make a change. I'm Tabitha Davis, and this has been Calculated Change. Calculator.